really negative emotions. They're just low vibration emotions. And one, they can make you physically sick. And two, from that place, when you're in a really low vibrational state, you do not create from that place. You just survive. You're in survival mode when you're in that place. You are not in a creative, productive, abundant place. So if you want to get yourself out of that hole and you want to create a better life for yourself, you first of all have to let all that go. And where it starts is with forgiveness. Welcome back to the Mindset Mastery Podcast. My guest this week is personal development coach and founder of Mind State Coaching, Tanya Sismal. Tanya's entrepreneurial journey started when she was 19 years old in the world of hairdressing. Today, she is here to share her story of diving into personal development to create the best life possible for herself and her children, and then deciding she wanted to help others do the same. In this episode, we're going to talk about using personal development to improve your life and how you can become the best version of yourself. Tanya, thank you so much for coming on the show today. How are you doing? Hi, Rachel. I'm really well. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be on and and having a chat with you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'd love to hear your story. Take me back to when you started off, you had hairdressing salons down in Melbourne. And then what did that journey look like to discovering your passion for personal development? I think I became a hairdresser when I was about, I think it was about 16 years old. That was kind of the thing in the 80s. You either you did a trade or you went off and you know did uni or some sort of internship or whatever. And I decided that I wanted to get out into the workforce as quickly as possible. So I chose hairdressing and enjoyed it. But I had an opportunity at the age of 19 working for someone who wanted to sell her salon. She wanted to sell it really quickly. So she, I was her manager at the time and she gave me the opportunity to buy the salon. And it was really funny because I've been working with her for about 18 months. And at that time, all I really wanted was to never be sacked, right, from my job. Being really young, being about 17, qualified hairdresser, that was really young in those days. All I ever wanted to do was go to work, do my best and not get sacked. So every every night when I'm driving home, I think, oh, what a really good day. I've got my job still. So being offered to buy the salon was the huge, was an absolutely huge thing for me. But I jumped into it and ended up having multiple salons over in different shopping centres, worked with thousands of clients, had hundreds of staff and absolutely loved it. But the first, my first interaction with personal development came in the form of an infomercial. I was about 20, 21. I'd had the salon for a little bit and I became super ambitious. I got bitten by, you know, the entrepreneurial bug and I was up late one night and I saw Tony Robbins and talking about, you know, how he, you know, how, whatever he talks about. And I purchased his book and my first interaction with personal development came in the form of business development. That's what I thought personal development was. Now I could read that book and completely interpret it, you know, completely differently. But at that time, everything that was personal development led me to, to work on my business, to improve my business. Obviously, I was improving myself at the time too. But anyway, fast forward, I got married, had two little boys and my marriage broke up. And that was probably the first thing that ever happened to me that left a really strong emotional impact on me. 
And it's easy to be positive and to produce great results and to soldier on and work hard when you are in an emotional and generally unless bad things have happened to you generally as people we we tend to you know swim along in a in quite a it could be a neutral state but generally we are in a good emotional state unless something bad's happened to us so that was the first thing I think that I my first experience with something really bad I felt like an absolute failure because my marriage broke I felt completely rejected and all these other negative emotions that came with it and I found, which was really interesting and probably very evident to a lot of people, but not to me at that stage, I was in my very early 30s, was that when nothing good comes out of a negative state, you cannot fake that sort of stuff. I then, you know, opened up a new business and I started and I was starting all over again. And I thought this is just going to be like when I was 19 years old. My marriage broke up. It's a fresh new start. I've got something to work hard for, which is my two little boys. They should be there. My absolute motivation. But it, it didn't work out like that. So it was pretty much like pushing poo uphill. Every day I'd wake up and it was a struggle. I just couldn't, like it was really, the things that I found really easy were now really hard. And I just knew there was something wrong. My business was going okay, but the amount of effort and energy I was putting into this business and effort and energy into everything that I was doing, I should have got a much better result. So we seem to think that, oh yeah, if you're not getting the results, oh, well, work harder. If you want more money, just work more hours. There's another element. There's a different, there's something, there's a secret source that was missing and that I needed to find out what it was because I knew I couldn't possibly work any harder and I couldn't possibly give any more. Uh, there was nothing, I was going to end up being completely spent. And I did, I ended up getting really tired I was burnt out and I just thought this is not going anywhere. I'm only 30, you know, two, three, four years old. And what am I doing? I came across a book that someone gave to me and I started reading and it was quite spiritual. I would say that book, but I started reading it and really took to it like a duck to water and embraced personal development, made a decision that I was going to work on myself and become the best possible version of me to be able to create the highest possible quality of your life for me and my boys. So the most fascinating thing in my journey of personal development is I found that when we have a problem, we want to fix that problem. But we want to fix it from the place of being in that problem. So you have a problem and all you want to do is fix it. So you obsess over it. You're constantly thinking about it. And you, and the more you think about it and the more you obsess over it, the worse it actually becomes. It's like, it just keeps magnifying and it keeps on growing and, and getting bigger. So I found that the moment I, you know, stopped obsessing over my problems, trying to fix my problems, and I turned my attention onto other things, those problems fixed themselves or the, that was the actual solution to fixing the problem. So I became obsessed with this stuff and made a decision that even though I loved hairdressing and was extremely good at it, I loved working with people and I loved having teams and, and motivating them and coaching them and training them and all that sort of stuff, I decided to sell up and took my business from you know working in shopping centres and everything and took it and created a very small little boutique salon in my home and started the journey of educating myself 
and becoming a professional coach. So I ended up becoming an NLP practitioner and uh, a personal development coach and opened up the company that I have now. And through my own journey, decided that I want to do my own program that I want to teach online, not as well as doing the one-on-one coaching. I actually wanted to, to teach a program one-to-many because I love that group environment. And I think that learning is so much better in a group because you've got so many other like-minded people that you can learn from. And I developed the rich mother mindset. So yeah, that's how it all, that's how it all came about. That's awesome. That's a great story. Things always come out of, we don't plan to really go in some direction sometimes. And then it kind of just finds us along the way, depending on what we need. So 100%. thanks for sharing 100%. that. Yeah. So with your own personal development journey in that time, like what were the kind of things that you were learning and discovering that you found most fascinating in that time? So the number one thing that I teach my clients and the first thing that I learned is that all change. So if you want to change your current physical you know, experience, it all starts within. And that we have 100% control on how we react to our external environment. It, it's, you know, pretty much, I'm not going to say that everything happened, that everything that happens is our fault, but I can honestly say from my perspective, everything that I went through, all the bad stuff, as well as the good stuff, I was responsible for because it was my choices that led me to that. People, I find they get a bit prickly when you tell them if they've been through something that or going through something that is really hard, telling them it's their fault. It's hard sometimes to hear. But I find it really fascinating that people that do really well in life, let's say they are smashing goals. They're smashing their fitness goals. They're smashing work. They're earning the right amount of money. They've got the best love relationship. You will never hear them say it's someone else's fault or someone else created this. They'll say, oh, I did that. So it's the same. If you can take, you've got to take the good with the bad. If your choices led you to your successes, it's safe to say that your choices have led you to your failures. And that was really hard for me to hear. But once I actually accepted that, I was actually reborn because when you really understand what that means, you then really understand that you have 100%, 100% control over your life, okay? So that doesn't mean that every single choice you make once you get this awareness is going to be the right one. But you, also, but you do understand that everything happens for a reason and if you just don't lose faith, not everything is the end of the world and it's so bad. Sometimes you need to go through things that might be prickly, uncomfortable uh, or downright bad to get you to somewhere else. It could be preparing you for something. It might be things that you need to learn or it could just be the way to get to, to your destination, where, which is maybe ultimately what you want. So that's the first thing that I learned in personal development is that you've got to take responsibility and everything starts from within. Saying that is the moment that I started looking at things differently. So perception is one of our higher faculties. And when I really started studying what perception means, I found that we are programmed to, to believe certain things. And therefore, because you believe something, you just think that it's true, right? 
when I started looking at things from a different angle and started questioning what I really believed, why do I really believe that is so bad? Okay. And I started looking at it. Sometimes I used to physically try and stand in a different spot and look at a situation from a different angle. It looked different. In my mind, I thought, oh, okay. So the moment I now start feeling something's bothering me, irritating me, whatever, I just sit there and I think, okay, why is it bothering me? What about if I look at it from a different way? Is it really that bad? It might not even be bad or good. It just might be something. Why is it bothering me? So, and then the final thing that I found at the very beginning of personal development is that you are responsible for your own happiness. When you learn about perception and you learn how to look at things from a different way in your favor, right? You start then choosing to be happy no matter what. You you can learn to, what's the word? Compartmentalize, right? certain things so just because something let's say is going really bad in your work does not necessarily mean your whole life is bad or if you if you started a new job and you're terrible at that job doesn't make you a terrible person so when you start thinking like that it does, it's a lot harder to disrupt your happiness and and your positive state when you start looking at things from a different way so that was my beginnings in in personal development that were the things that I started to intellectually grasp and the other thing that I found really fascinating about personal development is it comes in different facets right so you've got the spiritual path of personal development a lot of people teach that and you've heard about you know the law of attraction and and all this sort of stuff and that's the fun part of personal development everyone loves that so anyone that's prone to personal development loves the spiritual part of it because it's like oh, you can manifest anything if you just, you know, send good vibes and stay in a good vibrational state and you just think about it and you think about it and it will come. Not exactly, okay? So I, I do teach the law of vibration, which is, you know, the, the basis of, of the law of attraction, but there's a lot more to it than that. But I, I so it was the spiritual part that I found really fascinating. Then there's the intellectual part. Then there's the part of you that's your character, So that's where discipline lives and focus and will and all that sort of stuff. And then there's the physical part, right? So I found that you can't really be successful unless you you tap into all of those areas. So what I mean by that is that I, I found that the more spiritual I became, the more financially abundant I became. The more physically I moved my body and started getting into like more into the physiology of of personal development so moving my body and looking after myself physically the I I healed my emotions so it's so interesting that while I felt down and used to have lots of anxiety and stuff like that the more I focused on that the more I had that when I just left that for a bit and started running and working out and minimizing sugars and doing things, focusing on my actual physical health, the more I fixed my emotional health. Do, do you know what I'm trying to say? So Absolutely. they were the most fascinating things that I found about personal development, which were not evident to me before. So I just used to think I have a problem. I have to fix that problem. Mm. I was very one dimensional. And then when I broadened my knowledge and really started practicing personal development and all the facets that I believe make up personal development, I found in those problems sorted themselves out without me having to sit there and focus and, and do that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really easy to get into that mindset of just tunnel vision. 
on the problem or as business owners and entrepreneurs, I think we often just lose that whole like looking after ourselves side of things because you're so focused on a project or the problems that you have with business or whatever it might be that you neglect all these other things but when you make time for that and focus on looking after yourself I think a lot of the problems they start to to work themselves out just because you're in a much better headspace and you know emotional space as you were saying so can we get yeah. a little bit deeper um, into some of those things in yeah. all those different areas Just break it down so I'll just give you an example when you said that as an entrepreneur we just really focus on our business because we think that's what's going to you know elevate our business and make us more successful before children I would be working 80 hours a week it was seven days a week and 80 hours a week and that was my mindset I thought that and this was in the 90s where we were all you know high flyers and we you thought that all A-type personalities and we had to smash it out and we had to smash it out and we had to work 80 hours a week because God forbid you work 40 because like you're a big fat loser if you work 40 hours a week you can't work 40 hours a week you're never going to get anywhere right so that was the mindset you know and no, no wonder all of us suffered burnout and nervous breakdowns and whatever so the most fascinating thing about that is is that once I became a single mother And I opened up a new hairdressing salon in a shopping center. We were still open seven days a week. I I still had staff and everything, but I could not offer that business all of that as I did before children. I could not offer 80 hours of my time a week because I was determined to be a full-time mom and a full-time entrepreneur because it was like I didn't want to compromise. So I thought, you don't want to compromise, figure it out. And it was really fascinating because I then used to work five and a half hours a day. I used to work uh, a little bit longer on Saturdays, didn't work Sundays, and I used to have one day off. So it was like five days, I would say I was working 25 hours a week. And the five and a half hour days, I still wanted to achieve the same results that I was achieving when I was working 80 hours, 12 hour days and so on and so forth. But I knew I had to do it in five and a half and I did it. And not only did I do it, I I, I smashed it out. So I just worked out a different system. So when you really want something and you want to, you, you, and you look at it again from a different perspective, you look at it from a different point of view, you can actually, the solutions are all there. You just have to look at it from a different point of view. Whereas normally some of my mindset pre that would have been, no, I can't do it. There's no way I can run a business because I can't do 80 hours a week and that's it. And that's how a lot of people are, especially single mothers. It is challenging being a single mom because you've got to be a full-time mom, but you know you also need to make money. So that's why I love working with you know entrepreneurial single moms because that's that was my journey. I know that back to front, inside out. So anything's possible when you really, not it's when people say anything's possible when you put your mind to it. It's anything is possible when you change your perception and you start looking at it from a different point of view. So like I said, the different, the, you asked me about the different facets and the different you know areas of personal development. Like I said, there is the spiritual side. I teach all of them in, in the Rich Mother Mindset, by the way. So there is the, the spiritual side, which I call the self, where I make you, well, I don't make you, but I offer you the opportunity to actually have a really good look at who you actually are. And it's fascinating because the results that you're getting at the moment is 100% based on who you think you are. 
So if you believe, you as Rachel, believe that you, a business owner who earns 100K a year, and that is what you believe, you, you won't sway much from that. No matter how much you know, hours you put into your business, no matter how much you try, no matter how much staff, incredible staff you have around you, no matter how much you learn about your business and become such an expert, specialized knowledge, everything that you can possibly have in your business, you'll stay at 100K a year. Until you, who you think you are, until you actually acknowledge and accept that you are a million dollar a year earner, you will never be a million dollar a year earner. And the more you crave or want or yearn to be someone that earns a million bucks a year, you're going to get further and further away. So you first have to become, right, within yourself, you first have to become the person, sit there and imagine if you were someone that earns a million dollars a year, who would you be? How would you act? How would you feel? What would you be doing? right? You really have to use your imagination, which is another higher, you know, one of our higher faculties. You have to use your imagination and you have to put yourself in that place of already being that person. So you close that gap and that's when you attract it to you, all the things, everything you need to actually become that million dollar unit. When you accept and believe that's who you are, that's who you become. So that's the spiritual side. And I teach a lot on self-image because we can, you know, create this life vision. We can set goals around our life vision. But unless we believe we are that vision, we will never get it. The more you want something, the more you, you know, create a, a, a gap between having it and where you actually are. So that's the spiritual side. The other side, which is the physical side, is that once we know who we are and and we set our goals and we embark on becoming the best version of ourselves then we need to move we need to move physically move so what I teach a lot if someone calls it habits I call them daily disciplines it's like CEO goal setting and that's when we get things into high gear and it's not hard because you're doing it, setting it, setting it up against what your vision is and everyone's different. So your goals might be huge and someone else's might, they just want a 10% shift in their, in their life experience at the moment. So it just depends on where you're at. But unless you move, you won't get anywhere. And that's when people struggle a lot because it's really hard for people or a lot of people to actually say they're going to do something and then follow through. So that physical part. So everyone gets excited when we're talking about the spiritual part and where we're setting our life vision and we're using our imagination and everything like that. that's so much fun. And it's very creative. And I find that I work with a lot of right brain people. So they love the creativity of it. But when we get into the strategy part is where um, people struggle. So I break it down to the most minute, which I call the daily disciplines that, that you set against your goals, which is set against your life vision. And as long as you do them, it's anywhere between five and 10 little strategies a day that you can do. Some even some even strategies to save you time. Some new disciplines will save you time. Like for instance, I have a lot of people who struggle with their new life vision. They might need to get up an hour earlier. They struggle you know, with the snooze button. That is their enemy. So we create a strategy around that. So in actual fact, it saves you time, right? You're not always falling behind. You're not always running late, you know, and stuff like that. So 
that's the physical part of it is that you've got to move and you've got to implement some strategies to these principles. Otherwise, nothing's going to change. Okay. Then you've got to work on your intellectual self, right? So that's where the learning, personal development, it's a practice. It's like martial arts. It's something that you have to decide that you're going to practice for the rest of your life because you're never ending. We are, I believe we're all unlimited beings. So you've got that never ending improvement. So it's a practice. So I believe that the, the more you study and the more you learn and include that in as a discipline into your life, you know, whether it's half an hour a day or in 15 minutes a day, or even just listening to a really interesting podcast or an audio book while you're working out anything, something that's going to feed your mind. The more, I think the more you work on your intellect, the, the sounder decisions you're going to make, the better decisions you're going to make, the easier you're going to be able to work through things. So that is where I include the intellectual part and the emotional part is that's a really big one. And that's probably where people struggle the most is learning how to control their emotions. Their emotions are usually based on life experiences. And as soon as you've experienced something automatically, it becomes a memory. So what happens is we've got to learn how to redirect our thoughts. And our thoughts will control our emotional state. So if you are stuck, like I, I met someone the other day that was telling, he, he was telling me a story about his divorce and, and all this stuff that happened to him and he had issues with his parents and all this sort of stuff anyway. It was a pretty sad story. And I felt so sorry for him. And he was so passionate about telling me this story and he was so heartbroken about it, as you can imagine. And I thought, that's a terrible situation that you're in. And he goes, Oh, no, I'm not in that now. That happened 20 years ago. So how do you think you're going to feel if you're repeating a really bad story from over the last 20 years? You're just, that emotional state is going to become your habitual state, right? It's going to be your habitual state of being. It's going to be your go-to. So I teach how to change your emotional habitual state, which is Usually you see the same people, they tell you the same story. They usually some people drain your energy, some people motivate you. It's because of their emotional state. So that's another thing that I teach. And that is the biggest struggle because people, to improve your emotional state, you've got to let things go. You've got to, unf you know, you got to forget a few things and you've got to forgive. Forgiveness is a huge one that people struggle with. So I teach all of that. So it's, it's good. It's, it's an amazing feeling when you learn how to truly forgive because that's a gift you give to yourself it's an unburdening of the self when you learn how to forgive and how to truly let it go yeah so that's kind of I think in a nutshell my experience and and the experiences of everyone that I've, I've come into contact with on a coaching level they're usually the things that I think if we can work on those four areas of our life we've pretty much we're pretty much setting ourselves up for success in yeah. whatever we choose to do yeah, that's awesome. That's fantastic. I actually want to ask you just because you brought it up at the end about forgiveness, because I think some people might view it as if you forgive someone, it's letting them get away with it, or it's like saying that behavior yeah. is okay. But I want to know like your opinion, why forgiveness is so important for us to move on and how you can actually forgive someone if something really, you know, terrible has happened to you. Yeah. The way that I personally taught myself forgiveness it started with gratitude so when you really learn gratitude people 
it, it was so funny and, and I've had clients tell me this and then I've, I've opened up and told them my story too. When I first started learning about gratitude and you've got to be grateful and I'll say, okay, when you feel really shit, it's hard to feel gratitude. Right? It's hard to feel shit and grateful at the same time. So, you know, but they say, you've got it, you've got it. I'm reading the books and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. So write 10 things that you're grateful for every day. Okay. Okay. So I, I write them, you know, I can think of them, but am I really feeling, I kind of know what I should be grateful for. You know, obviously I should be grateful for my kids. Obviously I should be grateful for my house. I, obviously I'm grateful for having a roof over my head, all this sort of stuff, but it was very superficial. I didn't, I didn't really feel it. And then the other thing was, is that you had to forgive. And exactly what you said is exactly how I felt. The person that I had to forgive the most was the person obviously that hurt me the most and did the you know things that weren't great towards me. So I thought, if I forgive him, then it's like he's off the hook, right? There's no consequences. There's no, there's nothing. It just gets away with it. But guess what? You know, he gets away with it anyway. Like when someone does something to you or something's happened to you or just something is not fair and a lot of things in life are not fair, they're done. It's done. The person that's done it, the reason, the thing that I realized is that I hold the resentment. I hold the anger. I hold, I can't say hatred. That's a really strong word, but some people do hate certain people. They're so upset with them. So I'm the one that's upset, resentful, angry, right? I am really negative emotions. They're just low vibration emotions. And one, they can make you physically sick. And two, from that place, when you're in a really low vibrational state, you do not create from that place. You just survive. You're in survival mode when you're in that place. You are not in a creative, productive, abundant place. So if you want to get yourself out of that hole and you want to create a better life for yourself, you first of all have to let all that go. And where it starts is with forgiveness. So what I found, and I remember I was in the salon one day and someone, uh, I had an Indian lady come in and she had a really strong accent and I thought we weren't going to be able to communicate a lot. But I love talking to people. I love hearing about, you know, everyone's life experiences and stuff like that way before I even thought I was going to be a coach. And so I tried, I was really trying to communicate and she could communicate quite well, even though her English was really broken. And she asked me for some reason about my marital status, you know, like, are you married? Do you have children? And I said, yeah, I have kids, but I am divorced and blah, blah, blah. And anyway, and I don't know if it's the way I said it, but she picked up on my vibe. I mean, it probably wasn't hard to pick up on my vibe whenever I mentioned. So, and she said to me, you know that you need to forgive. And I said, oh, oh forgive. Yeah, no worries. Not a chance in hell. I want to punch him in the face, not forgive. And she said, it's because holding on to anger and resentment and all that it's like drinking the poison but you expect someone else to die that was the first time I ever heard that phrase and that was so profound to me so you that's why I say forgiveness is something you give to yourself you forgive the other person but it's completely a selfish act because you are and you alone are the only person that benefits from that interaction because 
They are going about their life. They have no clue what you're thinking. You've got to understand everyone's thinking about their own life and what they're going through and whatever. No one cares about, oh my goodness, I cut you off on the road or or I had to had to let you go from work or whatever. I said something mean or whatever. No one's going to sit there pondering on that. They're going to be pondering on what anyone's done to me and how my day's been and why did that person cut me off? You know, people, we, that's how we are as humans, right? So... You're holding on to it, but you're not punishing them by holding on to it. You're punishing yourself. And the moment that I realized it's not about, I'm not deciding about whether they're let off the hook or not, or if they're going to pay the consequences. When I realized how this universe works energetically, I think, hang on a sec. Even if they deep down know, even they don't want to acknowledge it, but even if someone deep down knows they've done the wrong thing, that's on them. They've got to carry that karma. They've got to carry that energy. That's got nothing to do with me. So my forgiveness is purely for myself and it's an unburdening. And the way that I practice my forgiveness is by sending them love. I include them in my gratitude. So my daily gratitude practice consists of me, you know, writing a page of everything that I'm grateful for. And, and then at the end of it, if, there, if there's anything that's irking me, it doesn't even have to be a person. These days, it's very rarely a person anymore. But if, if there is a person, I spend a moment on actually sending them love and wishing them the best and really feeling them like in my heart. And it's like I'm giving them a virtual hug and, and actually saying, I forgive you. you. Between you and I, there is nothing but love. And I'd say that in my head over and over again. The first couple of times, I didn't really believe my own words after a while the most incredible thing happened it was like I got out of my head when I was doing my gratitude and I got into my heart and I really started to to really feel the gratitude for my kids I really started to feel how grateful I am that I have you know a beautiful home and then I started to feel grateful that I am healthy and in that moment, it's like my heart exploded. Like it was just as big as Texas. And then when I was like that, in that state, was when I focused on the person that hurt me the most and sending him love. And I don't know, it was, it was just this, I just, over, I was overcome with so much emotion, love, and just feeling so good that I, in that moment, decided that I never, ever, want to not forgive anyone ever again I don't care what they've done I don't care what their consequences are I don't care how whether they're off the hook or not I just feel so incredible that I never want this feeling to end and that's how I learned how to forgive you really had to it was a heart that was, it was heart work I call it not head work it was heart work and it was a great experience and then yeah once you feel like that and you learn it's like anything, once you learn how to do it and you, you see the benefits from it, yeah. And then, and subsequently, like I said, my ex-husband was someone that I had to forgive. And the moment that I did, our re relationship completely changed as ex-partners and parents to two, two little boys. And we had a fantastic relationship all the way up until, unfortunately, he was killed in a car accident in 2012. And that was an interesting thing because I did practice forgiveness I did do the work on myself I did develop an incredible relationship when he died I had no guilt whatsoever I didn't feel like oh maybe I was a bit harsh or maybe I shouldn't have been the bitchy ex-wife or 
10 years. You know what I mean? Because we were, we were divorced for 10 years before he died. And obviously my kids saw that my heart was open. My heart was full. I would do anything for him as his ex-wife. And we had a really great relationship, which again, your kids got to enjoy the benefits of that. So when he passed away, I had, like I said, no guilt and no regrets. I, I did the best that I could. And I felt okay about that. I think that would be terrible. The hardest person to forgive is yourself. When you, I don't know if I'm allowed to say fucked up, but I'm going to say it. When you fuck up and you have to forgive yourself, that is the hardest thing. So you want to try and avoid that. But that's what there's been times where I've had to forgive myself for stupid things that I've done. And I found that was the hardest. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is such a powerful story and, and explanation. We haven't gone yeah. that deep into it on this show before so it's really great thank you for sharing and we were going to to wrap up there but just talking about forgiving yourself because you know I totally understand where you're coming from and I know people who as well who just struggle to forgive themselves for different things that have happened you know recently or literally years and years ago so the big question is how do you forgive yourself and is that something that you need to to work on over time and throughout your life Yep. The hardest thing about forgiving yourself is that we live with the perception that we have to be perfect. We can't admit when we've done things wrong because guilt and shame is such a, it's such a shit emotion to live with. And even though you feel it, if you actually have to deal with it, it's easier to sort of live with it than actually deal with it and remove it. It's like that's it's like in our mind that's the lesser evil. We know we're we'd rather feel a little bit of shame and guilt every day than actually look at what's actually caused it and how we're going to remove it out of our life. I found that there are things that I've done in my life and the mistakes that I've made and I just think, oh my goodness, and I beat you know myself up about it and whatever. But when I really started to to want to learn to forgive myself. I thought it was really hard to forgive others, like I said, until I had to face myself. And by far, that is the hardest thing to do because you have to forgive yourself. And the main reason is that guilt and and shame lead to what I believe a lot of self-sabotaging behavior. If you almost subconsciously or unconsciously sabotaging yourself because you don't think you deserve success you don't think you deserve true love you're not worthy right because you've done something that you feel extremely guilty or ashamed about you then like I said subconsciously you sabotage yourself and that's where you ruin and damage your self-image and your self-image is responsible for the results that you're getting in your life so it is really imperative that you learn to actually forgive yourself and The best way to look at it is that let's say you've done something wrong and it's really hard for you to get over it. Again, you've got to put that in, in, you've got to compartmentalize, which is a really hard word for me to say, and I use it so much, that situation. So you look at it as that's something that you've done. That doesn't mean that is you. If you've done a shit thing, does not make you a shit person, especially if you acknowledge it and you learn from it. So You have to look at what you've done and you've got to acknowledge that life is an experience. So they say, oh, life is for living. No, you're living the moment you're born and you don't really get an option until you die. So it's about experiencing things. You, we're not perfect. And the moment you realize you're not perfect and you don't need to be perfect, that you can make mistakes and you can learn from them 
and they will be useful in years to come or in the next thing that you're going to do, you know, and, you know, you might stuff up a business and go bankrupt or you might cheat on a partner because you just had such strong emotions for someone else or, I don't know, you do shit at work or something happens, right? They're all, they're only a mistake if you don't learn from them. But if you sit there and you really have a look at what you've done, you acknowledge it, you work out, okay, I've done it. And also for me as a mum, makes it really easy because I have kids. I think, okay, what if my child did that? Would I punish him for the rest of his life? Absolutely not. Would I forgive him? How do I forgive others, right? I, I look at it from that you know, perspective. I go, how do I forgive others? Okay, I send them love and whatever. So that is what you need to do. When you stuff up, when you need to forgive yourself, you start with love. You start with what are you grateful for yourself? Build yourself up. What are you good at? What, are you, what have you done that's amazing? Okay, you did one wrong thing, let's say, right? What are, there's probably a million things that you've done that are fantastic. For others as well as for yourself. So you've got to start there. So you send yourself, you know, love, you know, any way that you know how. For me, it was really easy because I always go back to my kids. So I try and visualize myself as if I, if I was my daughter, how would I approach it? And it's always comes from heart with love and you let it go. So you have to learn to forgive yourself because it, it like I said, it will sabotage you in any other ventures down the track. And guilt and shame is only present if you if there's a lack of love once you learn to love yourself and really work on loving loving yourself it'll be so much easier to forgive yourself and then you will release that guilt and that shame and you will elevate your self-image too which is the most important part fantastic explanation thank you again for sharing that one so Tanya, with everything that we have covered in this episode if someone wants to learn more about you and work with you where can they go Okay, so you just go to my website, which is mindstatecoaching.com.au and my programs are there and you can book a, a one-on-one session that we can talk about whether what you're looking for and whether it's a fit for you. My program is, is six months long. This is the, the group. I also do one-on-one uh, coaching as well, which is also tailored to the individual in that case. But the online coaching that I do, the Rich Mother Mindset, is what I do is a little bit different to what other people, which I've just realized once I started this business, is that I 100% guarantee results. And what I mean by 100% guarantee results is that you will experience a transformation. You will become a better version than when you started, right? That is 100% guaranteed. And the reason is because I do love to uh, have a meet and greet with everyone that joins my program personally. I like to have a chat and see where they're at and see what they're looking for to see if I am a fit for you. And if I can see that we both possess the right mindset and the qualities of someone that is ready to move forward, then we proceed. And that's why the results are guaranteed because um, when you're ready, anyone can do this work, but you have to be, you have to be really ready, open and willing to be coached and to get a bit uncomfortable and to, you know, put in the physical work because in the long run, it's just so worth it. So yeah, anyone that wants to ask me any questions, I also have a little mini masterclass that I do, which is called Jumpstart 
which is a small extract from the Rich Mother Mindset. And it's great. I usually do it with my clients at the end of the year. So at the moment, we've got the Jumpstart 2022, which is kind of sets you up for the next 12 months. If someone wants a free copy of that, they can also message me, get in contact with me, and I'll send it through to them. But yeah, I'm also on Instagram as Tanya Small Mindset Coaching on Facebook. We also have our private Rich Mother Mindset group that you're more than welcome to join where I do daily inspo and little videos about different things from the rich mother mindset. So yeah, I'm quite easy to get a hold of. That's fantastic. And we're going to put all of those links in the show description below. If you'd like to go and check that out. Final question, just to bring it all together. What is the biggest thing that you believe is most important for becoming the master of your own mindset? openness to learn sometimes people's ego gets in the way that again it's hard to accept that you don't know things and that is probably being open to learning I always say I actually say this to my kids all the time is that I wake up you know I go to bed thinking I know everything I know so much because I do so much work and learning and and growth on myself all the time so I I teach this but my, I pretty much split my time between working on myself and working on my clients because I, I like to practice what I preach. And I think we are unlimited beings who have never ending improvement. So I always say I go to bed thinking I'm so smart you know, and, and oh, I know so much and blah, blah, blah. And then I wake up in the morning and realize I know nothing. And then I've got to start learning again. So I think the number one thing to embark on personal development is to have an open mind that there is just unlimited things to learn and everything you learn will absolutely benefit you in some way there's nothing that you learn that's you know a waste of time so I think that and also being open to new ways of thinking I grew up with European parents who were very strong paradigms on and beliefs on how things should be and how and what's what and beliefs around money and and relationships and everything and what sort of career I should have and all that sort of stuff and I now look at things that my beliefs are directly in alignment with my life vision if if my life vision if that if a belief that I have right now does not suit that life vision right? It's not aligned with that life vision. It's hindering my life vision. I just don't believe it anymore. So believing that whatever you know right now is the absolute truth and it will be for the rest of your life, I think is really limited. I think you should be open to learning new things, being open to seeing things a different way, trying new things. That is all you have to do. Just be curious to life. Be curious and say, what is possible? What could I do? We only probably use up a very small percentage of our potential, but when you become open and curious and willing to take advice and learn new things, your your results and your opportunity to expand as a person and your potential rises so, so much more. So that's what I would say. To anything, whether you coaching, getting coached by me or doing anything or picking up a book and reading it, just be open to learning and be curious about how the world works. I love that answer. I completely agree with you. Making a habit to just make lifelong learning is something that I really love to talk about. So thank you, Tanya. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. And it's been awesome chatting with you. Yeah, it's been great chatting with you too, Rachel. Thank you so much.
If you'd like to connect with Tanya, you can find all the information in the show notes below. And if you've been enjoying the show, it would be awesome if you could take a moment to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app so more people like you can join us on this journey towards mindset mastery. I can't wait to do it all again with you next week. Until then, remember, we are only limited by what we believe we are limited.